Good day, all. Welcome to another season of Learning Bible Truth Ministries. I am the founder, host, and teacher, your one and only Dr. Kamla D. Here to teach you Bible truth, to help you grow in faith and learn how to walk in God's amazing grace by teaching Bible truth, not my truth, Bible truth. Here we read scriptures that contain God's word. Remember to pray and ask God for understanding. Put your learning hats on, get your Bibles, invite family and friends, take notes, and let's learn Bible truth. Good morning, saints. Today is April the 2nd of the year 2023. I am the host, founder, and teacher of Learning Bible Truth Ministries, your one and only Dr. Kamala D. Hallelujah! I hope this day finds you and your family well. I truly do. Now, today's message is entitled The Parable of the Vine and the Branches. Now, for those who don't know, I typically choose my episodes based on what I hear and what I'm seeing going on in the world today. But this one here really struck a chord. Last week, I was listening to one of my uh, favorite teachers. He was teaching about the vine and the branches. And the reason he was doing it is because some of the members of his congregation, well, the congregation that the Lord entrusted him with, had been told that a person can be saved and then lose their salvation based on whether or not they are doing good works. That's not true, saints. That's not true. And the false teachers were coming from the Baptist church. Okay. Now let me say this, cause I know I have some, some people who attend Baptist churches. They claim their faith is Baptist, uh, whatever. Um, this is not against the people. This is against the teachings. Okay. Now I don't know if their church is teaching this false information or not, but what I do know if those people heard it, Thousands more heard it. Now, a person cannot lose their salvation. You cannot. The question is whether or not you are saved. Now, the false teachers were using these scriptures. I'm going to use the same scriptures that these false teachers use to tell people that they can be saved and lost. And as we go through it, I will point out to you the why these scriptures are being written. For number one, who is the, the teacher, who are the listeners, and why it's being said. That is very important when it comes to understanding scriptures, especially if you are not led by the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit who is also known as the spirit of truth that gives you understanding, that gives you wisdom of these scriptures. Now, with that said, saints, I will be reading two different uh, translations the NASB and the NET. I'm going to read the NASB first and I need you to go to John chapter 15. The gospel according to the apostle John. And I will be reading from verses 1 through 10. You know the routine, saints. You can pause the tape and when you find the scriptures, 
you can press play and we will be on the same page. Now, after I read the NASB, I'm going to read the NET and explain why. Beginning at verse one, this is Jesus talking. He is the teacher. He is the prophet. He is the final word of God. I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that it may bear more fruit. Verse three says, you are already clean because of the words which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. So neither can you unless you abide in me. Verse five says, I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Verse six says, if anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away as a branch and dries up and they, are ga and they gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. Verse seven says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. My father is glorified by this that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Verse nine and 10 says, just as the father has loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my father's commandments. Now the NET says, Beginning at verse one, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener, same as the vine dresser. He takes away every branch that does not bear fruit in me. He prunes every branch that bears fruit so that it will bear more fruit. Verse three says, you are clean already because of the words that I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I will remain in you, just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it remains in the vine. So neither can you unless you remain in me. These translations are very sim similar. Verse five says, I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him bears much fruit because apart from me, you can accomplish nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, verse six again, if anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown out like a branch and dries up and such branches are gathered up and thrown into the fire and are burned up. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. My father is honored by this, that you bear much fruit and show that you are my disciples. Just as the father has loved me, I have also loved you. Remain in my love. 
If you obey my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my father's commandments and remain in his love. Saints, these scriptures of John chapter 15 verses 1 through 10 are being used by some false teachers to tell the saints or the believers that they can be saved and lost. This is not true. We are going to go through a lot of scriptures today to dispel that lie. Okay. First, we need to understand who Jesus was talking to. Now, this allegory is at the heart of Jesus's farewell statement to the disciples. Now, the Old Testament used the vineyard or the vineyard or, or vine as a symbol for Israel. Jesus is talking to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. He is not talking to Gentiles. We need to get that out of the way first. He is not talking to the Gentiles. Now, the reason he used the parable about the vine and the branches is because in the Old Testament, you can read it yourself. I've studied all this. You can check out Isaiah chapter five, verses one through seven and chapter 27, verses two through six. He used that because the Old Testament would speak uh, when God spoke through his prophets, he would use vine and branches and he was divine. God was divine in the Old Testament. So Jesus is revealing a lot here. He is revealing who he is. He is divine. His father is divine dresser or the gardener. Now, Israel's failure to produce fruit resulted in divine judgment against Israel. We need to understand this. Jesus, by contrast, is the true vine and his followers, the believers, are to remain in him and produce much fruit for God. Now, I am the true vine is the last of Jesus's seven I am sayings in the gospel according to John. Now, you can read John 6, um, verse 35, uh, all the way up through uh, 48. Now, true, the word true equates Jesus with Old Testament Israel. We need to get this because this is who he was talking to, the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now, Joseph was called a faithful vine in Genesis 49, 22. Now, this reference to the father as the gardener or the vine dresser goes way back in the Old Testament to Isaiah's first vineyard song, where God is, is depicted as, as tending to his vineyard, only to be rewarded with worthless grapes. Now, you can read about that in Isaiah chapter 5, verses 1 through 7, and you can cross-reference these with Psalms chapter 80, verses 8 through 9. Now, to ensure maximal fruit production, the divine vineyard keeper removes dead branches and prunes all the others. And, and the writer to the Hebrews talked about this as well in Hebrews chapter 6, verses 7 through 8. Now, branches in the Old Testament were cut off and dried on the wall of the vineyard for later use as fuel. Now, in John's gospel, Judas the betrayer is an example of a false believer. So this is what Jesus was talking about. 
he was talking about the difference between the false believers and the true believers. Now, someone who was never saved. This is who Jesus was talking about. This is not about a person being saved and lost. This is about whether or not you are a true believer. And remember the Old Testament, he used this illustration or this parable because these children of Israel, the Israelites, knew the Old Testament scriptures. They just, they just didn't understand them. Remember I said branches were cut off and dried on the wall of the vineyard for later use as fuel. Now, Judas was not a true believer. Remember Jesus said, haven't I chosen you to 12 and one of you is a devil? You know, the devil isn't saved. And then we, we can look at the apostle Peter who denied Jesus three times. Now he is an example of someone who is a true believer, but had to grow in the knowledge of God and had to be pruned by God. That's what th this is about. Is it, it Jesus was talking about the difference between a non-believer and a true believer. The dead branches were the non-believer. Yes, there are dead branches in the church today. This is what Jesus was talking about. And Jesus said, you are already clean. You can also uh, read about this in, in John chapter 13, um, verses 10 through 11 and John 15, 4. Now in this terminology, it, it looks back to the Old Testament covenant theology, including prophetic texts about a future new covenant with the children of Israel. You can read about this in Exodus chapter 25, uh, verse 8, chapter 29, verse 45 in Leviticus. Write down these scriptures, uh, saints, if you are following the teachings, okay, Leviticus chapter 26, verses 11 through 12, Ezekiel chapter 37, um, verse 27 and 28, and chapter 43, verse 9. Now, in, in, in chapter 15 of, of John, verses 4, uh, 5, and through 8, the repeated reference to fruit underscores that fruitfulness is God's primary creative purpose. Okay. This is the reason why he created us. You can cross reference this in Genesis chapter one, uh, verse 11 and 12. And, and, um, you can all read also read verses 22 through 28. I've read all these scriptures. Like I told you before, if I were to read every scripture that I study, child, we'll be on these these episodes for months. And, um, it's about God's redemptive plan. So the works has nothing to do with your salvation. The thing about it is, are you saved? Those who are saved, those who are true believers, the, the vines that are pruned, that grow in God and the things of God, they are true believers. They will do good works. That's what we need to understand. And the old Testament prophets, envision a time when God's people would blossom and, and bloom and fill the whole world with, with good fruit. You can also read Isaiah chapter 27, verse six and cross reference it with Hosea chapter 14, verse four and eight. These are the scriptures where God uses the words vine and branches and vineyard and, and, uh, gardener and vine dresser. So this is why Jesus used this parable because he knew that they would be able to equate what he was trying to tell them at least. Now in verse six of, of chapter 15, th this verse echoes Ezekiel 15, one through eight, 
where a barren vine is said to be fit only for burning. Fire is a common symbol for, for divine judgment. You can also read about that in Isaiah chapter 30, um, verse 27, chapter 66, verse 24. Also, you can read uh, another uh, parable that Jesus was talking about uh, using vine in Matthew chapter 3, verse 12, and in chapter 5, verse 22, and chapter 18, verse 8. Chapter 25, verse 41, there are so many scriptures here. So I'm not understanding how people are falling for these false teachings. Thus far, I have already explained these scriptures to you. Chapter 15, verses 1 through 10, that Jesus was talking about separating the true believers from the non-believers, the fake believers. They were saying they were with him, but they really wasn't. They, they, they really wasn't with him. Now, there are a lot of scriptures that um, you guys can read in the Old Testament. Um, Old Testament prophets, I, I, I mentioned before, they envision a period of, of a great end timing of rejoicing and doing great works and, and bearing good fruit for God. Isaiah 25, 9 talks about that. Isaiah chapter 35, verse 10, chapter 51 verse 3, chapter 61, verse 10, chapter 66, verse 10, and Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9. Now, you cannot be saved and lost, saints. Trust me what I say. You cannot be saved and lost. Now, if what these false teachers are saying is true, this means that the scriptures that the apostles wrote are null and void. This means that some of the sayings that Jesus said in other scriptures are null and void. So we know this is not what these scriptures are talking about. You cannot be saved and lost. The question is, are you saved? Now I want you to go to John chapter 10. I'm going to read verses 25 through 30. And I will be reading from the CSB, that is the Christian Standard Bible. And we are going to be talking about can a person be saved and lost. Now this is Jesus talking. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. Verse 25 says, I did tell you and you don't believe. He's talking to those who he revealed or at least tried to reveal who he was to them and they still didn't believe. Jesus answered them, the works that I do in my father's name, testify about me. See, all of this is about whether or not you believe or you don't. Verse 26 says, but you don't believe it because you are not of my sheep. Verse 27 says, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. Verse 28 says, I give them eternal life and they will never perish. The word never means never. It ain't going to happen, saints. You cannot be saved and lost. Those that believe in Jesus, truly believe. I'm talking about true believers. Jesus says in verse 28, I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. New King James, if I'm not mistaken, says no one can. No one can snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one is able to snatch them out of my father's hand. And verse 30 says, I am my father are one. I could have stopped right here, but I'm about giving scripture.
because this is where our information is. It's not in a denomination. It's in the scriptures and God entrusts his leaders that he has chosen in the body of Christ to edify the saints, to, 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 to share the truth with his people. Now you guys need to write down verse 28 in John chapter 10, verse 29 and 30, and keep that embedded in your heart so that you can be encouraged. You cannot be saved and lost. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my father's hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one is able to snatch them out of my father's hand. I am my father or one. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, we all know John 3.16, but let's read it. John 3.16. So if you can be saved and lost, all what Jesus said in these scriptures are null and void. And we know that's not true. John 3.16 through 18, I am reading. For God so loved the world. And this is the New King James Version. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life or either eternal life. What is everlasting? Everlasting is something that lasts forever. It will never end. Jesus said, and that whoever believes in him, the latter part of verse 16, should not perish, but have everlasting life or eternal life. Verse 17 says, for God did not send his son, talking about himself, Jesus, into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Verse 18 says, he who believes in him is not condemned, meaning you will not be judged. You cannot lose your salvation. But he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. What's that name? Jesus. It was revealed to us in the beginning of the New Testament. The name Jesus, the Messiah, the Savior. Now let's look at Ephesians chapter two. This is the apostle Paul talking. So you cannot be saved and lost where these false teachers are trying to use scripture to fool the people that are foolish enough to listen to them about being saved and lost if you don't do enough uh, works, which the Bible uh, refers to as fruit. That's your works. Okay, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 7 through 10, the Apostle Paul is writing to the, the Ephesians in Ephesus that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves, meaning there is no works that you can do to be saved. It is the gift of God. What grace? Your salvation. The gift of God, not of works. Verse 9, not of works, lest anyone should boast. So you can't brag about how many works you're doing or how much uh, deeds you do for people. You can't brag about that lest anyone should boast. Verse 10 says, for we are his workmanship. Who? We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them after salvation. This is a part of his redemptive plan that started back in Genesis. God's redemptive plan that we, are created in Christ Jesus for good works, 
which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We should walk in good works. See, this is one of the ways that you can tell a false Christian who is practicing bad fruit, bad works. See, that word practice is the key because we may stumble every now and then. A true believer like Peter did. The difference between Judas and Peter. Judas was never saved. Peter was, but didn't he stumble? Didn't he deny Christ? But Peter wrote some of the New Testament. Yeah, you, you couldn't get Peter to change after Christ uh, raised from the dead. Judas Iscariot was never saved. So that is what the vine and, and the branches, the parable of the vine and the branches are talking about. So uh, Ephesians bears reading again that in the ages to come, this is Ephesians chapter two, saints, verses seven through 10, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Verse eight, for by grace, you have been saved through faith and, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Verse nine, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Verse 10 says, for we are his workmanship, God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Now, Matthew chapter seven, verses 15 through 22. This is the Lord Jesus talking. And remember, we are talking about the vine and the branches. Okay. And I mentioned before, and I'm going to mention all the way until the end of this episode, that the vine and the branches, those who are plucked out and burned, cast away, are those who don't truly believe. We are talking about the phony believers versus the true believers. Now, Matthew chapter 7, verses 15 through 22. And this is Jesus talking. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. Verse 16 says, you will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Verse 17 says, even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. Verse 18 says, a good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Verse 19, every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Verse 20 says, therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. You will know who? False teachers, false believers, by what they do how they are living. Don't let nobody fool you and twist these words talking about, well, you know, God has some bad children out there. They just not living right. No, Jesus said, therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. That's by their works. Jesus said a good tree in verse 18, Matthew seven, a good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. You will be what you are connected to. If you are connected to a vine that is associated with the devil, you will bear bad fruit on a continuous basis. You will be consistent with that. Jesus said a, a good tree cannot bear bad fruit. By their fruits, you will know them. And verses 21 through 23 says, and I'm beginning at 21, 
Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Now these are the false teachers and the false Christians. Have we not cast out demons in your name? And this is the new King James. I'm sorry, saints. And done many wonders in your name. Verse 23 says, and then I will, I will declare to them. I never knew you. See, this is about, this is about people who were never saved. Jesus said, I never knew you. He didn't say I knew you. And then you, you, you drifted away. I knew you. And then I had to kick you out. Remember Jesus said, no one can pluck you out of my hands and no one can pluck you out of my father's hands. I am my father or one. My sheep hear my voice. No good tree can bear bad fruit. No bad tree can bear good fruit. If you are bad, your fruit is not good. Don't eat the fruit of a bad tree. Jesus said, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness or iniquity. There's that word again, practice. These people you see running loose in the church, the pastor constantly falling. The pastor is after money. The pastor living in a mansion. The people in the congregation are poor. Not everybody in the congregation is, is a false believer. Some are, are true believers in Jesus. They are just following the wrong teachings. And you can't even get them to do bad things. You can't. You can't even get them to bear bad fruit. But I can tell you this. Those people need to be led out of that congregation and into uh, the house of the Lord where the word is going forth and being rightly divided. You cannot be saved and lost, saints. You cannot be saved and lost. Now, I, I, I want you to understand um, uh, when Jesus talked about the day of judgment. Um, in Matthew 7, uh, 21 through 23, I, I need to explain this. Thank you, Holy Spirit, because uh, I was going to skip over that, but he brought me back to those notes. There are two judgment days that are coming. The judgment seat of Christ, where Christians will be judged for, for how they treated people and, and their righteous works. Now, you will either receive your rewards or, or your work will be burned up, but you are still saved. The judgment seat of Christ is where your rewards are issued and your, your righteous works are being judged. Now, then there is the great white throne judgment where non-believers will be such as Muslims and Buddhists. Okay. And people who are following the Dalai Lama, the great white throne judgment is where non-believers will be told why they are being thrown into the lake of fire and brimstone. And why? Because they didn't accept Christ. Jesus said, I never knew you. Go away from me, you who practice lawlessness or practice iniquity. You guys need to understand this, please. But also 2 Peter 1 9 says, and this is the new King James, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise. This is, this is God's will. Remember Jesus said, but he who does the will of my father, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some count slackness, but is long suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. 
or that all should come to the knowledge of the truth. That's second Peter one nine. Now I want you to go to John chapter 16. I'm going to read verses uh, eight through 14. And this is the ultimate will of God. John eight. Uh, I'm sorry, John 16 verses eight through 14. And I'm reading. And when he has come, Jesus talking about the Holy spirit, he will convict the world of sin, not sins, because Christ is dying for the sins of the world, for those who believe in his finished works, his finished works on the cross, but sin. And then he goes on to explain what that sin is. He will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Verse nine says of sin, because they do not believe in me. That's the sin the world will be convicted of. See these people, these false teachers, who had entered the, the, the church back then and deceiving the children of Israel. They following these false teachers claiming they know the law, but they didn't know who Jesus was. That was the dead giveaway. The dead giveaway is that they didn't know who Jesus were, was. Verse 16, um, verse 10 says of righteousness, because I go to my father and you see me no more. So that's where his children will, will be judged for their righteousness. That is at the judgment seat of Christ. Uh, verse 11 of judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. The ruler of this world is Satan, which is why this world is in such turmoil. My God, every time you turn around, you see one disaster, one shocking disaster after another. But that's because Satan is at the helm and he's sitting back laughing. While some of you contribute all of this to, to God, God has nothing to do with it. Judgment day is not here yet, saints. Uh-uh. The day of judgment is not here yet. Verse 11 of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. Satan. Verse 12. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Those disciples were already saddened because Jesus was telling them he was about to leave them and they didn't quite understand what he meant, but they were saddened. So Jesus didn't want to burden them with, with anything more. Verse 13. However, when he, the spirit of truth, that's the Holy Spirit has come. He will guide you into all truth. This is one of the reasons people don't understand this word. They don't have the Holy Spirit in them to guide them. And then if like I'm teaching now to some of you who who possess the Holy Spirit, that seal that is in you unto the day of redemption, you understand what I'm saying because the Holy Spirit is giving you understanding of what I'm saying. But someone who is not filled, such as a Muslim who is listening, they still don't get these scriptures. They still don't understand it. Verse 13 again. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. Verse 14. He will glorify me for number one, any spirit that's not telling you who Jesus is and that is not glorifying Christ because what he did on the cross and glorifying him as the son of God, that is not a spirit of God. That is not the Holy Spirit talking to you for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. This thing is all about Jesus, my Lord. This thing is all about Jesus. That's what we need to understand. And we need to refer back to Matthew seven twenty one, in reference to the will of God. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my father in heaven. What is the will of the father? That you believe on his son. John three sixteen. 
For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting or eternal life. Now, and the final scripture I'm going to read, saints, is John 17, the Lord's Prayer, verses 2 and 3. This is God's ultimate will for all people. But of course, we already know not all is going to be saved. Jesus said many will come to me in that day. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, we heard of your name. Oh, yeah, we even taught in your name. We even taught some of your teachings. Yes, we even cast out demons. We perform miracles in your name. But remember, these are false teachers. Jesus said, get away from me. I never knew you. You who practice lawlessness. You who practice iniquity. You are not a true believer. You are a false believer. You are a false Christian. You are a false teacher. You are a false prophet. So the vine and the branches is all about who is real and who is not. But Jesus was talking to the lost sheep of the, the house of Israel. Now, John 17, the Lord's Prayer, verses 2 and 3. I'm going to end this episode with this. Verse 2. As you have given him authority over all flesh, given him who Jesus authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And finally, verse three, and this is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent saints. I hope you were blessed by this message. You cannot be saved and lost. The vine and the branches. Jesus used that parable because the children of Israel was able to equate with it because the prophet Isaiah, when he spoke to them on behalf of God, God talked about fruit. He talked about being the vine or the vine dresser and them being the branches. So they knew what Jesus was trying to say, but they didn't understand who Jesus was. You cannot be saved in law saints. See these unbelieving Israelites were producing sour grapes. They were producing bad fruit, bad fruit, like some today. And that is how you can distinguish the saved and the unsaved according to our Lord and savior, Jesus. Now, I don't care if you don't, don't you don't want to listen to the apostles. What did Jesus say? A bad tree can't bear good fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit. You need to cast them out. Cast them out where they will be burned. We got a, a few Peters running through, but we also have a few Judases, Judas Iscariots running through. Those are the ones who will never believe. They will never save. They aren't saved today and they will never be saved. Then we got the, the, the Peters running through who denied Christ. But then as he, he grew in the word, as he heard the word and, and as he remembered what the things that Jesus said to him before it even happened. And when it came to pass, he realized who Jesus really truly is. And he believed. So it's okay if you fall every now and then. Remember the apostle John says that if you confess your sins, God is faithful and just to forgive you your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And I didn't showed you all those scriptures, saints. Play this episode for your friends. Remember, I am on iHeartRadio, uh, Amazon Music. Um, I'm on Spotify. I'm on Spotify for podcasters. I'm on Anchor. I'm on Breaker. I'm on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. The, the platform that you are listening to, hit the follow button. 
And every time I upload a new episode, you will be alerted and so into the ministry. If you are being blessed, so into the ministry, uh, our goal here is to rightly divide the scriptures to you and to share the truth with you. Even if I don't agree with it, I'm going to share the truth because God had to deal with me with some stuff. But I said, I'm going to follow the Lord. I'm not going to follow my own understanding. I will not lean on my own understanding. I will trust in the Lord. Yes, I will. Saints, with that said, please walk in love. Peace out. I hope you were blessed by this message. If you have any questions or comments about this particular episode or any previous episodes, please send your comments or questions to talkingbibletruth.cd at gmail.com. And if you would like to support this podcast financially, because it has been a blessing to you, go to one of my five podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or Radio Public, and contribute an amount of your choice. Or you can send your seed to me via Cash App, dollar sign, Dr. Kamla D. That's dollar sign, capital D, lowercase r, capital C, lowercase a-m, A-L-E, capital D. Anything you choose to send will be greatly appreciated. Now until next time, saints, remember that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We walk by faith, not by sight. I am your host, Dr. Kamala D. Rightly dividing the word of truth in peace and love. Thank you for tuning in and I hope to see you next time.